0: Well, we're in a series just simply called Jesus Said Blessed. It is taken from what we call the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. And I want to just begin reading this morning uh, in Matthew 5. Just read the first two verses. He says, It says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has this great multitude of people that have been following him. And at this point, he goes up on this mountain and he sits down, and his disciples come to him. And for the next three chapters, Matthew records this Sermon on the Mount. But He is teaching His disciples. And I I want you to hear this now. If you go by what is recorded in Scripture, what Jesus did more than anything else is He taught. Why? Why is this so important? Because this is how Jesus changes the way His disciples think. We can't think like the world thinks. We can't have the attitudes The philosophies, the ways of the world. No, we have to learn to be different. And so Jesus is teaching his disciples these principles of the kingdom, that this is how we are supposed to be. This is how we are supposed to live. It's so different from the attitude of the world around us. It was then, and it still is today. And so, as we read the words of Jesus here, we need to understand yes, he's talking about something radically different. These are not just pretty words, you know, some of these passages of scripture. They're so familiar, and sometimes they're, you know, literary, they're, they're very beautiful. But we need to realize these are principles of the kingdom where Jesus is teaching us how we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to live. Right. And he says that these people are blessed. So what to read on for verse three. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. We are supposed to be merciful. When Jesus taught this, mercy was not really considered to be something that was good. It was considered to be a weakness in that Culture that Roman culture that they lived in at this time, the, those who were admired were those who were forceful and harsh and would crush their enemies. Being merciful was just thought of as a weakness. And here Jesus comes on the scene and He says, Blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy. Romans chapter 1 lists out all of these terrible sins of a degenerate society. And when you read that list of sins, it sounds a lot like the generation that we live in also. But after this horrible list of sins, the very last one... Is that these people are unmerciful? There is such a need for mercy in our culture right now. That's right. There's so much meanness, people being harsh, and many in the name of Christ. I'm telling you, Jesus wants us to be merciful and he promises this great blessing that we will receive mercy we'll come back to this verse later but luke 6:36 tells us therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful So I want to challenge you to be a merciful person. We are partakers of his divine nature. And how is he? He is merciful. That's who our heavenly father is. And it is part of our new nature as a born again Christian, a new creation. It is part of our nature. We are supposed to be merciful. And see, we need to get that down inside of us. We we need to start thinking of ourselves that way as we put on that new man that I am merciful. It's not just something that I do once in a while, but it is part of who I am. You see, we need to see ourselves that way and we need to begin to think that way that we want to be merciful in this world. The Beatitudes set up much of the rest of the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. But Jesus tells us, Not To not judge, he says, and you won't be judged. Well, that's a great promise too, isn't it? Nobody wants to be judged. Jesus tells you how. Don't judge and you won't be judged. If you judge, he says, you're going to be judged. With the same measure you use, you're going to be judged. Nobody wants to be judged, right? Well, here's part of that. You see, when we are merciful, we don't judge and condemn others. Jesus teaches us to forgive. If we're merciful, we will forgive others. And Jesus teaches us to have compassion on those who are in need. And if we are merciful, we will have compassion on other people. See, if we're not merciful, we will fail miserably at so much of the teaching of Jesus. Justice is given a person what they deserve. Now, I don't know about you, but somewhere deep down inside of me, that old nature says, yeah, give them what they deserve. But mercy is treating them better than they deserve. And that's what He requires of us, is that we show mercy. I want you to see our Heavenly Father He is so merciful. Psalm 103 verse 10 tells us that He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Can you say thank God? Listen, I mean, just the fact that we're here this morning, He does not treat us as our sins deserve. No, He is merciful. And we need to understand that, yes, God is just and holy and righteous, and yet He is also full of mercy and if it were not for His mercy, we would be consumed by His justice. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It is just the mercy of God that we were allowed to draw another breath today. Now the reason that that might be a little difficult for some people to mentally digest or to swallow is because we have lost so much of the holiness of God in this generation where people no longer realize how awesome is our God. How fearful He is. Where's the fear of the Lord? You see, this is such a holy God, but for His mercies we would be consumed. That's what the Bible says. It is nothing but the mercy of God that we live another day. And we need to understand this because I tell you, until we understand how desperately we need God's mercy, our pride causes us to be judgmental and to not show mercy to others. Oh, He is so mercy day after day. When you woke up this morning, that was the mercy of God. You know, we look at the wicked in this world and sometimes we think, why doesn't the Lord do something about them? We want to be like James and John and call down fire on them. Wrong spirit, Jesus said. I can tell you why the Lord doesn't do something about them because He is merciful and long-suffering and He is giving every opportunity for them to repent and to come to Him. And we need to acknowledge that but for the mercy of God, we also would be consumed. I read a story about an atheist who was trying to prove that God was not real, and so he tells a Christian, he says, I I can prove to you your God is not real. He says, I dare God to strike me dead in the next five minutes. Well, five minutes goes past. He's still standing. He says, see there, I told you your God is not real. The Christian says, all you did was prove that the mercy of God can last five minutes. I want to tell you, His compassions fail not. He is a merciful God. And we need to realize how blessed we are to have such a loving Heavenly Father that shows us His goodness and His mercy each and every day. But none of us has gotten so good that we no longer need the mercy of God. You know, last week we talked about having that hunger and thirst for righteousness. And you know what, if you really have that hunger, that thirst, desire for righteousness, it just makes you keenly aware of your need for the mercy of God because we just haven't arrived yet, have we? We need the Lord's mercy. Mercy is one of the attributes of God that that we just plainly experience every day, and yet I think sometimes we don't realize it. But Psalm 136 is a really interesting psalm because in every verse it says, "...for His mercy endures forever." Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good." for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endures forever. Now throughout the rest of this chapter, it speaks of all kinds of miracles. It speaks of all kinds of blessings and provision and... All kinds of things that God did for His people. And after every single one of them, it says, For His mercy endures forever. Why did God do all of these things? How did these things happen? Because His mercy endures forever. And you see, we in our own lives, we experience the mercy of God every single day. I mean, every blessing in your life, See, when you woke up this morning, that was his mercy endures forever. Listen, if you got a roof over your head, that's his mercy that endures forever. You got food to eat, his mercy endures forever. You got a job, his mercy endures forever. You don't have a job and God miraculously provides, his mercy endures forever. Listen, if you're healthy, his mercy endures forever. If the Lord heals you when you're sick, his mercy endures forever. You got family, friends, church family, His mercy endures forever. We just need to understand that every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. It comes from our Father. His mercy endures forever. All around us, every day, we experience the mercy of God. Somehow, sometimes I think we fall into the attitude of the world, this attitude of pride that says, no, I got it myself. I earned it. I deserve it. Such pride. The pride of man that fails to acknowledge and give glory to God for his blessing, his goodness, his mercy on our life each and every day. That pride blinds people to the truth of God's mercy. One of my favorite stories and favorite verses of the Bible has become Genesis 32:10. And this is when Jacob is coming back home to his homeland and He's about to cross over the Jordan and he remembers back when he left home and he left with nothing but his staff, his only possession, his staff. But now he's coming back and he is a rich man. God has so profoundly blessed him. And this is what he says... I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. He's a huge family that he has. All kinds of herds and livestock. He's such a rich man. But he doesn't say, you know, look at me now. I started out with nothing but look what I have accomplished. Look what I have acquired. Look at the success that I have achieved. That's the way a lot of people in this world act, even a lot of Christians. But Jacob said, I'm not worthy of the least of the mercy, the truth, the faithfulness that you have shown to me. He acknowledged that it was the mercy of God. He gave God the glory for all of it. And you see, we just need to realize how much the mercy of God is on our life. When you realize that the judge of all the earth doesn't treat us as we deserve, but he is merciful to us, it helps us to be merciful to others. The merciful shall obtain mercy. What a fantastic promise. I think sometimes when people read that, they think that that means they're going to get mercy from other people. And certainly that happens sometimes because if you're merciful to people, well, they're more likely to be merciful back to you. But sometimes you can be merciful to people and they repay it with evil. But this promise is from our Lord. And I want to tell you, that He always keeps His promises. You will receive mercy when you show mercy. You can absolutely count on it. What a great promise. I don't know about you, but I need more. I need more mercy. I want more mercy. What a great promise. We're going to go to Luke chapter 6 now, and in this passage it lays out Many of the great teachings of Jesus, and ties them all together with mercy. In Luke 6, 35, Jesus said, "'Love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful.'" You see, when you're merciful, you're acting like your father. You're acting like you're part of the family. We're partakers of His divine nature. That's the way He is. Get this. He is merciful to the unthankful and the evil. He's kind to the unthankful, And the evil. How do you feel about being kind to the unthankful and the evil? Oh, that's not human nature. No, that's divine nature. We have been born of Him, He is our Father, and this is who we are supposed to be that we are kind even to the unthankful and the evil. I don't know about you, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of that. I'm not just not seeing it in the secular world. I'm not seeing a whole lot of that in the church world. That we are kind to the unthankful and the evil. Some of you, you need to mark that in your Bible. You need to go home and read it again. He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Then in the next verse, there's two key aspects of mercy that Jesus gives us here. He says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned and then forgive and you will be forgiven. First, to be merciful is to not judge or condemn. When Jesus came and preached this message, the religious people, the Pharisees and others were without mercy. They seemed to relish in being hard on people. They looked for the faults of others so that they could criticize them and judge them and condemn them. It's, it was just their, their MO, the way they operated. They were judgmental, always looking for an opportunity to pass judgment on people. And you know that same attitude is still alive and well? And you might find some of it, but it's not so much in the bar as it is in the church. Now, I got to say, I am thankful that I pastor the sweetest group of people God ever brought together in one place. And we don't have any mean people. Every once in a while, some old religious Pharisee will come by, but they don't ever stay here because nobody wants to listen to them. Amen? Amen. And I thank God for that. I don't want that spirit. I want you to know that's not God. That's right. No. He wants us to be a merciful people. And you know, you talk about a blessing. If you don't judge people, Jesus says you won't be judged. Right. hmm But religion without mercy, that's the meanest culture on earth. I'll tell you, we want the lost the backslidden, to come to our church because we want to see their lives changed. We want to see them come to know the Lord and live for God. Amen. This is not an exclusive club. It's just for us religious folk. No, we want lost people to come and get saved. Amen. And listen, we got to be reaching out to people with love and mercy. Come to our church, we'll stone you right quick. Nobody wants to go to that church. (laughs) Micah 7, 18 and 19. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. He delights in mercy. It seems like some people delight in judgment like they get some kind of weird pleasure out of it. Our God enjoys being merciful. He delights in being merciful. Isn't that wonderful? He likes to be merciful to us. Oh, what a wonderful God. And I want to tell you, though, that if you are merciful to people, see, if you'll start, you realize this is your new nature, you start just being merciful to people, to people that don't deserve it. Listen, if they deserve it, it ain't mercy you start being merciful, you start being kind to people that don't deserve it, I want to tell you it's going to bring joy. You know, that's the thing. Some people seem to get some kind of enjoyment, I guess, out of being mean and judgmental. But the truth is, is that they're never really happy because there's always something else to be upset over, some injustice that they're mad about and something, you know, that somebody's doing something wrong. How much better to learn to be merciful. It's not even our place to judge anyway. Romans 14.4 says, Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. I just want to tell you, there's a whole lot of judging that goes on in the body of Christ, and 99.9% of it is wrong. The only time that the Bible talks about us passing judgment is where, like 1 Corinthians chapter 5, where somebody is living in open and blatant sin and unrepentant, and in that situation, church leadership brings discipline in order to restore. That's right. But most of the time when we judge We're doing something that Jesus told us not to do. He said, judge not. It's amazing how people can judge others over the way they dress, the way they do, just simple little things, and they criticize and judge. I remember many years ago, there was a young lady that came to our youth group, and she was a real pretty girl, and her and her mom came to the church. She didn't have a dad in the home. And she wore a lot of makeup. She was very attractive, but she wore a lot of makeup. And there were some women that were talking in the bathroom about how terrible it was for such a young girl to wear all that makeup and how awful it was You know, to the, see the way she dresses and wearing that makeup. And they were just having a time talking about her. Well, here's, as far as I know, that young lady didn't sin. But those women did. That's right. A couple of months later, that young lady and her mother left the church and always wondered if it was because they found it to be a place where there was judgment instead of mercy. You see, ours is to be merciful like our heavenly Father is merciful. You know, we all know the story where the Pharisees bring a woman caught in adultery to Jesus, and they accuse this woman of adultery. They said she was caught in the very act, and they say, now Moses says that we are commanded to stone this person. What do you say? And they're trying to trap Jesus, and so Jesus just stoops down and he begins to write in the dirt. And we don't really know what he's writing, but they kept pressing him for an answer. And so he stood up and he says, whoever of you is without sin, you be the first to cast a stone. And then he just stooped down and kept writing. And some have supposed that Jesus was listing out their sins. They went away from the oldest to the youngest. We don't really know what he was writing, but each one of them somehow became convicted of their own sin and knew that they had no right to pick up a stone and throw at this woman. The law really did say that this woman would be stoned. Have you ever thought about the fact that according to the law, that King David should have been stoned twice? You see, God has always been merciful to those who show mercy. And we in the church today, we don't pick up stones. We do it with words. And it's just as ugly. They all went away because they all knew they didn't have a right. And Jesus says to to the woman, where are your accusers? And she says, there are none, Lord. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see, Jesus, Jesus in his mercy, he rescued this woman, this adulterous woman. He also rescued these religious hypocrites that day by keeping them from committing a horrible act of judgment that would have brought judgment on themselves. Mm. The same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. Maybe sometimes we need Jesus to show us our sin and our guilt, so that we'll be merciful and not judge others. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, The merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. I want to tell you, when you're mean to people, when you're cruel, it'll make you old fast. So much better to be merciful. Some of you ladies doing everything you can to keep that youthful look. Be nice. Y'all too quiet. I'm just saying. But a judgmental attitude, being legalistic, it'll leave you with a bitter sick soul, just miserable. So much better to be merciful. The Scripture says in James 2.13, Judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Which one you want? I want mercy, so I want to be merciful all the time. Mercy triumphs over judgment. The blessing, if we don't judge, we won't be judged. Second, to be merciful is to forgive when you're wronged. Every Christian needs to walk in mercy every day because we all are the recipients of His mercy, His forgiveness, and so we have to walk in mercy. We have to walk forgiveness. To be merciful demands that we forgive others. You know, sometimes it's those that are closest to you that can hurt you the most. Like Joseph in the scripture, his own brothers sold him into slavery and it set in motion a terrible pattern of events where Joseph ended up in prison. It was 12 long, hard years before God brought Joseph out of that prison and raised him up as a great leader in Egypt. But when Joseph's brothers come to Egypt during the famine needing food, Joseph could have had them put to death just with one word. But He shows them mercy. And not just mercy to not have them put to death. He gives them all the food that they need. That's mercy. The ones who had wronged Him, He turns around and He shows them mercy. You see, I know it's hard to hear sometimes when you've been really wronged. But if we're going to be like our Father we got to show mercy to those who don't deserve it. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I know there's some today who say they're forgiven no matter what they do and they don't have to forgive but I believe the words of my Savior. And anybody that wants to say that we don't have to live by the words of Jesus is preaching and teaching heresy. His words will never pass away. There will never be a day when the words of Jesus are not true. They're always true. And that means they're true for me, they're true for you. You see, when we refuse to forgive, to show mercy and forgive, we burn the bridge over which we ourselves have to cross. Jesus makes this so clear in Matthew 18. 23 to 25 and I'm not going to read it all this morning but he tells us that the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants and so he he calls them together and there's this this one guy who owes 10,000 talents now that doesn't mean a whole lot to us you know today we don't we don't use that kind of money anymore do we but let me just tell you what a talent was it was the equivalent of of 6,000 days of wages. That's a lot of money. This was 10,000 talents, 60 million days of wages. You could work a 1,000 lifetimes and never pay off this debt. But Jesus uses this exorbitant amount to make the point this man... His debt, there was no way he could ever pay it. Just as there is no way we could ever pay for our own sin. He showed the man compassion. He had mercy on him. And then he goes out and he finds his fellow servant who owed him a hundred denarii. That was a hundred days' wages a very small amount compared to his debt. And he demanded that it be paid, and he couldn't pay it. And so he had him put in prison. But listen, that's not the end of the story because the king comes and he says, you wicked servant, I forgave all that debt because you begged me. Should not you have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry, delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you from his heart, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. The merciful, they obtain mercy. We forgive, we are forgiven. You can't receive mercy if you're not willing to be merciful. Third, mercy is compassion with an action. And actually, this is the most common example of mercy that you see through the Scriptures and especially in the ministry of Jesus is that he had mercy for people. He, he showed them compassion by helping them. Like the blind men who cried out to Him, Jesus, Thou Son of David, have mercy on us. They weren't asking for forgiveness. They were asking for Him to have compassion on their situation. They were asking to be healed. Mercy. Mercy. Mercy flows out of love. It is a part of love. You see, our Heavenly Father, He so loved the world that He did the most compassionate act ever. He gave His Son to pay the price for our sins. Jesus tells us that we're to love our neighbor as ourself. And there's a religious man. He wants to justify himself. And so he said, well, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus tells us that story of the good Samaritan about a man that's traveling and he is beaten and robbed and left for dead on the side of the road. A priest comes by, a Levite comes by, neither of them help at all, they just pass by on the other side of the road. And then comes along a Samaritan man and the Bible tells us this, that when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. That is a picture of mercy. That is what it means to love your neighbor as yourself in that situation. Jesus asked the Pharisees, So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said to him, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. He had compassion, and then he acted on it. You see, it's not enough to just feel bad for somebody. It's not enough to just be emotional. It has to be something that we act on. That makes it mercy. It's when we're willing to show that compassion with action. And I would encourage you this morning... You see, in this world we live in, there are needs all around us every day. And you know what? You can't meet all of them. But oh, how we need to be willing to show this kind of mercy to people, that we're willing to help those who can't pay us back. and are not going to do something for us in return. We're just acting like our Heavenly Father, being kind to the unthankful and even the evil. You know, there's so much meanness in this world. You ought to just be nice to everybody. You don't know what people are going through. I saw a Christian post one day on Facebook. They say, I have to be kind. I don't have to be nice. It's amazing to me how people can try to work around being nice and just want to be mean and ugly and nasty to people. How about we just act like Jesus, act like our Heavenly Father, and be merciful, whether they deserve it or not? I think the problem is is that a lot of times we, we assume things and we judge people. William Barclay defines mercy this way, to get inside someone's skin until we can see with their eyes and think with their mind and feel the things they feel, then we can move in and act on behalf of those that are hurting. And, you know, I think there's some truth in that. If we just, you know, if we knew what they had been through, if we knew why they were the way they are, if we, but here's the thing we don't know. Jesus does. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 2.17 that in all things he was made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. See, Jesus knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly where we've been and what's happened, and He feels what we feel. But the problem is is that we don't know what somebody else has been through. A woman recorded a story about herself, what happened she got on a subway one day there's a man on this subway just sitting, just kind of in a daze while his four children are just acting wild. They're just out of control. The lady ignored it for a while, she said, but then she decided she just had to say something. She said, sir, you need to deal with your children. They are out of control. And he just kind of woke from his days. He said, I'm sorry, you're right. We've been at the hospital for three weeks. And my wife, their mother, just passed away. She said, I wouldn't have said anything if I'd have known. And here's the thing. Whether we know or not, you see, that's not our place. Our place is just to be merciful. And I want to encourage you Jesus says that we're blessed when we do this. (laughs) Be who Jesus wants you to be, be like your heavenly Father. He's merciful. Stand with me. We're going to pray. I want prayer partners to come.